0: and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com
2: Welcome back, college football season. It is here. Illinois football kicking off the season, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Memorial Stadium against the Wyoming Cowboys. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer Podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner. Today, we'll switch back to football and get you ready for that week zero kickoff against Wyoming as Craig Bull and the Cowboys. Come to Memorial Stadium looking for a win over a Power 5 opponent, and uh, some group of five teams certainly have done that in recent years against Illinois. But Brett Bielma hopes it's a new day and that uh, Illinois doesn't have to worry about those as much. Right now, the spread is 11 points. It's gone up slightly from 10. Wyoming is a team that has gone undergone a lot of turnover. I know we say... Every team deals with that, which is true in the transfer portal era, but for a group of five team like Wyoming that had developed so many good players, they've had a lot of draft picks over the last couple of years, they returned just three offensive starters, uh, they have lost their top two quarterbacks, they lost their top rusher, they lost their top receiver, and they lost five starting or six starting defensive players as well including several players especially in the secondary and the defensive line that went to power five schools through the transfer portal so we're going to get the lowdown on this podcast about the wyoming cowboys from the guy who covers them the best ryan thorburn wyoming beat writer for the casper star tribune he's going to join us and then we're going to have a little bit more fun With a draft. Yes, we like the drafts. And it's been a draft kind of week here at Alina Inquirer. So we have Derek Piper and Joey Wagner joining us. And uh, I saw our guy, Ryan Burns, at uh, 24 7 site that covers Minnesota do this. I thought it was a great way to talk about players, expectations for players. We're going to do an Alina football all Big Ten draft, which is basically we're going to draft guys based on how we feel their chances are of making an all Big Ten squad. First team, second team, third team, honorable mention. So it's a great way of talking about you know, who's going to make the biggest impact on the team, who has the highest floor, who's got the highest ceiling on this team. So we will do that uh, later on in this as well. And then closing up shop, I will give my thoughts on Illinois-Wyoming. But I actually had to make an edit here as I was uh, getting ready to post this podcast. As Brett Bielma meets with reporters on Thursday, including our own Joey Wagner, and announces that Tommy DeVito indeed will be the starting quarterback against Wyoming. He wins the competition against Archer Sikowski. Of course, if you read us, if you listen to us, this is not surprising news to anybody. And I I would think it includes Craig Bull, the Wyoming head coach, just like Illinois will not be surprised if Andrew Peasley, the transfer quarterback from Utah State, is a starting quarterback because it seems pretty clear that those two guys were going to be the starters so we recorded this podcast um most of it the interview i have coming up with the wyoming beat writer ryan thorburn as well as our all big 10 draft but none of this is coming as a surprise uh tommy devito has been the starter since january he took almost all the first string reps Maybe Ryan Johnson got a few. Uh, but he took all the first-string reps because they expected him to be the starter, and Art Sikowski was out with an injury. From what I've understood and heard, he took almost all of the first-team reps throughout the fall uh, training camp. And and based on what we've heard from the coaching staff, based on what we've you know heard from the players – Tommy DeVito has kind of been acting like the starting quarterback, and he got most of the reps. So this is not a shock. Brett Bielma was just using some gamesmanship here. Maybe Wyoming spent a few minutes on preparing for Arthur Sikowski. I'm preparing for a different style of quarterback. I think more, they're more likely worried about what Barry One's going to do. Right than, than what the actual personnel does. That's what Ryan Walters was telling us this week. We, we prepare more for a scheme than a specific quarterback, though I'm sure they've looked at Andrew Peasley and said, oh, this guy can run a little bit. we got to be prepared for these things. Uh, but I'm sure Wyoming was more preparing for Barry Lunny and what he did at UTSA mixed with what they think he could do at Illinois with their personnel. So it's a mixture of both is it going to make a difference in the game that Illinois held out till Thursday or that Wyoming is holding out until game time to not quarterback? Probably not. But any advantage you can get, they're, they're going to take advantage of. And Wyoming won't practice again uh, after Brett Bielma announced this. So they'll have a walkthrough. They can have some meetings, but I don't think a lot will change based on this. But Tommy DeVito, in my opinion, was always going to be the starter because he's the more dynamic talent. I've watched him on film. I've seen Art Sikowski on film, looked at both those guys at their previous places, Syracuse for DeVito, Rutgers uh, for Sikowski, and then we saw Sikowski on the field last year, albeit with an asterisk with the injuries that we found out he had. And DeVito's just a more dynamic talent. He's a quick-twitch athleticism guy as a runner. He's got a, a rocket arm. I mean, maybe not the strongest arm in the Big Ten, but it's really good. He's got a really quick release, and from what I saw, this time at Syracuse, a little bit more accurate as well. and i I think this matters. I think both these guys have leadership skills. Art going to be a coach. Like he just talks like a coach. He's an extension of the coaching staff. I'd be surprised unless he wants to get in the media or something else if he doesn't get into coaching. Tommy DeVito just has a swagger about him that I'm really drawn to because I haven't seen it in an Illinois quarterback in a long while. I think Riley O'Toole had a, had a cer- certain swagger that he brought that was different than Westone. I think Isaiah Williams had a different swagger, confidence that he brought compared to Brandon Peters. And Nathan shielhouse ha- had it too. I think he was more like Sikowski as as a personality. Tommy's confident borderline cocky, right? And and but I like that. Uh, I think Brett Beal was trying to make sure that doesn't lead to interceptions, but I think that's what he brings to the field, and and it's not a sh- shock that he's going to be the guy. And the combination of him and Barry Lundy Jr., as long as Tommy stays healthy, which has been an issue for him in the past, I think it's going to be an upgrade for Illinois. I, I just think Tommy has the talent you want. I think he's got the personality you want. Now we got to see if the decision-making and the pieces around him and the play caller with him – leads to his best year in college football or one of his best years in college football and one of the better years for Illinois from a quarterback because that's what they need if they want to make a bowl game if they want to take a big leap they need better quarterback play they need a better passing attack they need better play calling and we'll get their first look at Tommy DeVito and Barry Loney Jr. coming up on Saturday but coming up let's talk with Ryan Thorburn of the Casper Star Tribune
1: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy
2: Let's get the lowdown on the Wyoming Cowboys. Ryan Thorburn, he's the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Kind enough to join us. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, getting the season started. Absolutely. Well, Craig Bull, I mean, Illinois has had some hard non-conference opponents uh, from the group of five level, got knocked off by UTSA last year. Uh, USF, a couple of years ago, knocked him off twice in a row. Um, so, Illinois scheduled some tough G5 opponents here. And, and Craig Bull, obviously, has a great history. He's won three FCS championships at North Dakota State before coming to Wyoming. Um, so, Catch us up to speed. Illinois fans that don't know a lot about Craig Bull in Wyoming. How has he impacted that program and and what is the program he built?
4: Well, this is his ninth year already at Wyoming and that ties in with uh, Lloyd Eaton for the longest tenure by a head coach in Wyoming history, which is 129 years. So, you know, I think he brought stability. Obviously he feels like he's a good fit at Wyoming. Um, Obviously Wyoming's athletic director is patient and wanted that you know, run first style. Um, you know, fans at times get tired of it. You know, since Josh Allen went to the NFL, the quarterback play at Wyoming has really been subpar, although their running game continues to to make, make hay despite that fact. But, you know, I, I just think that style of play is something that fits Wyoming. And, you know, he's not going to give up on winning a Mountain West championship. And that's really all that's left for him. You know, it's hard to for Wyoming to get back to their glory days of the 60s in this era of football. I think people know that. I think people realize one of the reasons why he's the longest tenured coach is, you know, great coaches they've had in the past, including Joe Tiller going to Purdue and going to a Rose Bowl at Purdue, tend to move on. And that's not just Wyoming, that's most group of five schools. So I think there's this kind of weird balance where they appreciate Craig Bull, and he's a Wyoming guy, and he's not going anywhere. And when he came, left North Dakota State, a, a lot of national media are like, "Wow, why is he going to Wyoming? He could have went to a number of Big Ten schools." But at the same time, they're really thirsty for something beyond the six and seven and eight wins, and and winning a minor bowl game. I think they'd really love a Mountain West championship, and it on paper, this is not the team to do that but at the same time last year's was thought to be the team to do that and really underachieved. So it's a third youngest team in the country. They had a lot of turnover because of the portal and it's really a great on un- unknown for Wyoming going into this game, which maybe could help them.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's always interesting. Like Illinois fans talk about, Hey, just get to bowl games every year. Six to eight wins. We'll be happy. Um, But I think in five, six years, if that happens, you want more. Right. And that seems to be where Wyoming's at. Uh, but the big off season storyline here, Ryan, is all the transfers 15 transfers out of the program, including their top two quarterbacks. Uh, so they had some talented guys there, their leading rusher, kid from Chicago, their leading receiver goes to Texas, five starting defenders leave. So, what led to that? And obviously, how does it impact the program
4: this year? Yeah, I think there were a lot of factors that led to that, you know. And, a lot, and to Bull's credit, you know, he's had a great developmental program. They had the most Mountain West guys on NFL rosters last year, even more than Boise State and San Diego State. So they have an eye for talent and developing that talent. And if you're a Wyoming fan, you're a little bit nervous knowing that a lot of those guys that transferred are at Power 5 schools now. So now are you developing talent for yeah. two years to go to the Power 5 instead of three or four years to go to the NFL? So I think that's that's something that you know they're still going to go through the high schools. They're going to recruit high school players, but one thing they did and they really had to is they used the portal on the other way, and added some players. Something that they weren't really planning to do until they had all that tumult, and so it's going to be a balance of developing players and then filling in holes with the portal. And you know they have a, a Michigan State linebacker. They have a Mississippi cornerback, uh, and they made a trade essentially with Utah state at quarterback. So uh, it's just, it's just going to make the off season more exciting, I guess, and more stressful for Wyoming fans, but I'll add all that together. And it's really an unknown Wyoming team. And, and, you know, like I said, it's the third youngest team. Um, what happened last year, I think it was the third oldest team. And then they got off to a rocky start in Mountain West play dropped a couple games. They probably shouldn't have in Mountain West play. And I think a lot of those super seniors and seniors, you know, that really came back to win the Mountain West championship. Once that was out of reach, I think there was maybe, uh, you know, not the greatest locker room situation between, you know, the young guys and the old guys who, you know, didn't get their goal reached.
2: Yeah. The one thing I noticed, they just released their depth chart is uh, 12 underclassmen uh, as its starters. Now I know some of those might be red shirt guys, but uh, that, that's certainly a young team. Uh, but Craig bowl, like Brett Bielma did not announce a starting quarterback. Uh, Illinois, I would be shocked if it is not Tommy DeVito, the transfer quarterback. Are you the same way you expect Andrew Peasley, the Utah State transfer, to be the starter?
4: Yeah, I, I think I wrote that exact paragraph moments ago from the press conference that, you know, both coaches are playing this cloak and dagger, but pretty much everyone is expecting Andrew Peasley and DeVito to go at it. You know, transfer guys, experienced guys, you know, Wyoming as a guy, Who's wearing number seventeen? Who is six foot five and two hundred and forty pounds? Uh, named Evans Faboda, and he looks like you know who, but he has a lot of developing to go. I just can't imagine them starting any of the quarterbacks. You know, with, for that are not Andrew Peasley because he's been at Utah State for four years. He's taken snaps in big games. Granted, coming off the bench, but these other guys, this would be their first game on the road in the Big Ten. I just don't see it.
2: What what does Beasley bring to uh Wyoming? I, I see his rushing stats are are phenomenal. Uh and and obviously, you know, Wyoming for, for fans that don't know, they love to run the football. So see, he seems to fit that.
4: Yeah, I think what they're hoping he brings, and he's not a big guy like they've typically had. Both quarterbacks last year were big, and obviously Josh Allen's big. They hope Svoboda turns into that next big guy. He's not big, but he is efficient and more accurate, or at least that's that's the belief. They want to run the ball. You know, they're going to use two and three tight ends. They're going to use a fullback. They're going to do whatever it takes to run the ball three, four yards at a time. They're going to be patient, but they think Peasley can complete those passes that that running game sets up. Whereas last year, you know, they had a kid named Isaiah Nayor who they developed into a five-star talent and he's now at Texas. Unfortunately for him, he's out with an ACL, but both quarterbacks last year, when they were in obvious passing downs, everybody in the stadium and the opposing defensive coordinator, knew it was going to Nayor and he still had, you know, 12, 13 touchdown catches. So this year I think it's going to be, you know, more play action. They're going to use the tight ends in the passing game. And Peasley will be able to hit them in a more accurate way than the other two guys did, just bombing it down to to Naor last year.
2: You mentioned Wyoming uh, and and their kind of offensive identity Uh, kind of smash mouth, kind of like what Brett Bielma likes to do. I know Bielma and Bowl know each other pretty well, but who are some other playmakers we need to look out for on Saturday?
4: Well, the featured player is going to be Titus Wynn, the running back. Last year he was, you know, rotated with Xavier Valde, who was a super senior or a fifth year senior that is now at Arizona state. Valde is actually Wyoming's second all-time leading rusher. You know, he's, Long graduated from Wyoming. I thought he would go to the NFL and just give the draft a shot. um, But it clearly, you know, if he would have came back, in my opinion, to be the all-time leading rusher in Wyoming history, I think Titus Swin would have bounced, and he would be a prominent running back at a big school. So Titus Swin is very talented. You know, he uh, really dominated the Utah State game last year. Utah State won the Mountain West, and Wyoming hammered them, just to show you what a strange – season they had last year. Uh and he's going to be the featured guy. Their number two guy, Dewyan McNeely, is not going to play in this game. Wyoming has struggled to keep players healthy during fall camp. I think that's as big an issue as anything that Illinois is going to present. Um, they've lost a starting defensive end and a backup defensive end and they were thin there anyway. Um, they lost one of their most experienced wide receivers and Gunnar Gentry for the season. So uh it, all those factors, you know, not being able to rush the passer maybe and not maybe having enough targets, I think you're going to see Swin all day long. He's got to have a huge game for them to win.
2: Defensively, Brett Bielma has mentioned how long Wyoming is. And you look at the depth charts, the last 6-3, linebacker, 6, four, six five in the defensive line. What's kind of the identity of the Wyoming defense and, and who are some of those
4: playmakers? Yeah, like I mentioned, they lost two key defensive ends already to injury, and then that's on top of you know, Garrett Crawl, a super senior is now with the Jaguars. And then they have three guys transfer from that spot two to power five schools. So defensive end is really their kryptonite right now. They have, you know, a couple guys they feel good about, but that's about it. And even those guys don't have a lot of experience. So the strength of their defense is right up, right up the, right up the middle, you know, it's uh, I think nose guard, uh, Cole Goodbow. He wasn't on the preseason All Mountain West team, but if he stays healthy, I guarantee he will be on the postseason team. Uh, defensive tackle Jordan Bertinoli is a really good player. Those two ruined the spring game because they just dominated. You know, they dominated up front. And then they have a great tradition at middle linebacker with Logan Wilson, now with the Bengals, and then Chad Muma replaced him, just got drafted by the Jaguars. So now they're moving Easton Gibbs. From the weak side to the middle linebacker, he's not as big as those other two guys, but he is faster, and I expect him to be, you know, a hundred tackle guy. So, um, knowing that he's not quite the NFL prototype those other two are, I think they feel that they've surrounded him with some faster guys and some better talent. So it's going to be more of a a swarming situation instead of their middle linebacker making all the tackles, but he's going to make a lot of them.
2: Ryan, just a couple of years ago, Wyoming beat Missouri. Right, Illinois knows them pretty well. They've beaten some right teams uh, in the Mountain West. They've made four bowl games in six years. So I know Illinois respects Wyoming coming in here, but what must Wyoming do to have a chance to knock off a power five team on the
4: road on Saturday? I think it's kind of the simple things, you know, last year at Boise state, they almost won that game and they had just an enormous amount of unforced errors, uh, false starts, um, holding, turnovers, you know, they didn't really perform in a smart way during the middle eight as far as getting points when they could have had a late field goal and then giving up a, a late field goal in that middle eight. So they just need to fundamentally not hurt themselves and they'll be in this game. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but, you know, Illinois in their rebuilding process, they're not at the point where, you know, this is like when, it's not like when Wyoming went to Michigan State in 14 and Michigan State was, ready to go to the playoff and that sort of thing. I mean, this is, you know, honestly a winnable power five game for Wyoming up and, you know, the 10 point spread, I think has as much to do with the great unknowns of Wyoming and the fact that usually when you play this many young players thing, good things don't happen on the road in your first game, but you know, if they're able to cut down on, on their own self mutilation, I think they'll be in the game at least.
2: Yeah, I think usually week one, it's about being the most disciplined team, right? Um, So, I I mean, you look at the, on paper, Ryan, a lot of people might look at Wyoming and Illinois fans might feel like, oh, we, all those transfers, we might've dodged a bullet here. Are are they feeling more bullish inside that
4: program to make you think like the 10 point spread is, is, is a good spread? I think they, uh, they feel bullish on that. The locker room chemistry is better than last year. And a lot of these young guys that are listed as Freshmen and sophomores have been in the program two and three years just because of the COVID year. And they've been waiting behind guys that should have graduated, you know, a year or two before that. So they have a lot of guys that have been waiting for this. Now, you know, I think it's going to come down to Andrew Peasley. I think, can they have better quarterback play? And it's the same thing at Illinois. Both these teams were near the very bottom in passing and scoring points last year. And I think even though Illinois has a new offensive coordinator, it'll probably take a few times, maybe if ever, that they look like U S you know, the road runners. So, you know, I think it's going to come down to which transfer quarterback fits in with his new team, the best in this game.
2: Well, Ryan Thorburn, Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune, and uh, thanks for the time, man. And thanks for getting us up to speed on uh Wyoming when the Cowboys get here on Saturday.
4: Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, going to Champaign. I've never been there and, uh, You know, it should be a great trip. Uh, A lot of good, uh, good restaurants here. Try them out. If you you get the chance, go
2: downtown, walk around a little bit. It's a nice little college town.
4: Yeah, that's the plan. Ryan, thank you, man. Okay, take care.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
2: We're in a draft kind of mood here. It's uh, the week before the season. Why not? Let's just have a little fun, some old school radio content. And I got I got to mention our guy, Ryan Burns at Minnesota did this. I thought it was a great idea. It's a great way to talk about players, talk about expectations for the season. It's an all big 10 Illini draft. So basically what we're doing here with Joey Wagner, Derek Piper, myself is we're going to draft Illinois players that we think have the best chance to make an all big 10 squad. So we're going to give five points, for a first teamer, three points for a second teamer, two for a third teamer, and one for honorable mention. So we can go pretty deep because Illinois last year I think had 12 guys that had some kind of all big 10 uh honors last year that helps when your defense has that kind of year. Um, so let's go. We have a random generator that did this draft again. Derek Piper's picking first, Joey Wagner's picking second, and I have the snake pick. We're going to go five rounds, so 15 players. Maybe if we feel like it at the end, we can go a sixth round if we feel like it, Uh, but uh, Derek Piper, you're kicking us off, man, with the first pick, the line I'm most likely to get all Big Ten honors.
5: Let's do it. I think there's a very safe pick to start things off that I could do in Chase Brown, a third-teamer last year, but it is a a top-heavy position. It'd be tough for him to crack the first team, knowing that Ohio State has an AP first-team All-American. Uh, Braylon Allen's a second-team AP, preseason All-American. Blake Corum's in there as well. So I think that he could be a pretty safe as probably at least a 3rd team, or yet again, maybe cracks the second team. If I want to draft for upside, I can pick a couple of different guys. But I'm, you guys are going to probably dominate me in this. You guys know this football team and probably the Big Ten landscape a lot better than I do. So I'll go safe. I'll I'll just make sure I score some points this year and pick Chase Brown number one.
2: I can't disagree with you there, Derek. I had him number one on my board Um, because I do feel like third team, if he's healthy, is probably his floor, right? So I can't blame you for going uh, Chase Brown here, number one. Joey?
6: Well, there's one pick that I have, but it scares me because that position – scares me because there's a lot of players um all of them live in columbus ohio who i think could could eat up a lot of that space i'm gonna there's so many options right because like you could just score one point is great you could just score points here i am buying the hype and i'm gonna say sydney brown oh i i think it's happening for him there's so much like you can't make up the hype that there's been around that guy this year. It, it doesn't seem fake or anything like that. They're, they're really high on him. And, and safety feels like a position where somebody could come up and, and really take some points there.
2: Yeah, I don't hate that pick, Joey. I had him third because I feel like he's going to be an all-Big Ten third-teamer at the very least. But they talk about him like he could be a first-teamer, right? So uh, I, I don't hate that pick. My my one thing with Sydney is he going to have enough counting stats to get the people's – attention like he's gonna he's gonna have the tackles he might have tackles for loss is, does he get two or three picks he's right? gonna be
6: on a coach's team a coach yeah. is gonna vote him a thousand times over
2: we know pj fleck will we know pj fleck will compare him to out. Yeah. Uh, i'm going with another db i had one spot ahead because i feel like the upside might even be higher and man he's getting draft buzz isn't he he had a great uh, year last year yeah. i voted him all big 10 i don't know if that was the reason he was all big 10 or i will mention but i am in his third team or last year He had uh, eight tackles for loss, nine pass breakups. I feel like he gets a pick or two this year. uh, And I just think he's potentially the highest draft pick on this team when all is said and done. It's a possibility. So I'm going Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback for Illinois, because I do think this defense will still be strong. The other side, I'm going, I'm going high floor here.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: He had all big 10 last year. He's been all big Ten three times already in his career. He's an offensive lineman playing for Brett Bioma, Alex Pochesky.
6: Uh Great pick. Don't really
2: need to say much more.
6: You're Joey, minimally, you're getting one point.
2: I think so. Yeah, exactly. Joey,
6: who you got? Oh, heck. Go with I, it. No, no, it scares me. That's going to be the best value pick for somebody. I, oh, but what if I miss it? Oh, shoot, 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 shoot. Tough position in the Big
2: Ten, I get it. It
6: is, it is. That's you're what thinking about Tim Ryman, aren't you? <laughs> Jeremy right would, from under Jeremy's nose. Oh, Jeremy would drive here and push <laughs> me down. He would be ticked off. Um, I want to do it, Jeremy, but I just – it's one of those you want to do it and you're going to look like an idiot on Thanksgiving after – or you know, if it ends on Thanksgiving and uh, – shoot. All right, I'll do it. Give me Isaiah Williams. Thank you.
2: Have some fun with this, right? Let's get a wide receiver.
6: It's been a long. I could time. have had some fun if you would have just missed him for one more pick. I it scares the heck out of me. There, it scares the heck out of me. Ohio State's got a million receivers. Like you, ju- I just assume Ohio State's going to populate every receiver list in America.
2: Michigan State, really good. Yeah, there's good wide receivers in the Big Ten, so I I get it. But man, I if he's over a thousand yards, which I you think, got, is, I got you one
6: point.
5: You got yeah, one. He's We'll
2: right? mention at the very least, Derek. Your I think second. Joey just
5: has a fractured relationship with wide receivers. Being a Packers fan, why are you doing this?
2: <laughs> like we, like we have a better relationship. Derek.
5: No, I know.
6: But... Hey, get out of here, Derek. It's Football only. I will. <laughs> All
5: right. Um, that first tier, I had. Those are my top five, and I don't know if you guys had the same. I imagine something close. Yeah. I didn't even have a board. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll take someone that. Is would be considered a safer pick. Has NFL upside. Keith Randolph, more sacks last year. Uh, I know that counting stats for an in, like a defensive end that's not an edge rusher might be a little bit risky, but I, I like his potential this year. And then I'll I'll take a little bit of a roll of the dice. I think he'll get the counting stand stats, and he flashed last year in game one. Calvin Hart Jr. That's
2: a good pick. I was considering him with my pick, next yeah. pick, just because I think he'll put up great numbers. I think I think it'll be very impactful if he's healthy, but I, I think he'll put up really good numbers.
6: Joey. Well, I'm stuck between two guys right now. Shoot. One of them scares me about stats, but it's the eye test works. The other one kind of feels like a flyer, but I like the upside. I'm gonna go another offensive lineman. I'm gonna go Julian Pearl.
2: He was uh he was high on my list. He was definitely in this tier for me. Why Julian Pearl, Joey? Why are you buying him?
6: I there's some there's good buzz around him. He he's an athlete, and he's a really, really plus athlete. Left tackles get they're kind of they kind of the supermodels of the offensive line. I, I just think it's there. I I think this is, could be a big year. I feel a little weird because he's not played left tackle, and we know there had been some thought to keep him at right tackle. Maybe they would have if Alex Palcheski didn't come back, but this kind of always been his destination, hasn't it? Yep. This guy's going to be a left tackle, and here it is. I, I think he's ready for it.
2: Yeah. I don't disagree with that pick. All right. I'm going to take two defenders here back to back. <laughs> well, one guy uh, is the other part of the law firm that uh, talking with an NFL scout, they maybe are higher on uh, than Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, not as long as Keith, they're different players. Uh, Keith can set an edge, man. Like, you know, if you're thinking of the prototype in the NFL of a three or a five technique, it's Richard Seymour or somebody like that. He can, He's got that ability for Illinois, um, but Johnny Newton is just a, a game wrecker. Uh, he just wrecks the trenches. So I'm going to go Johnny Newton. I I do worry about counting stats sometimes, but he's an interior defensive lineman. So I think people see. Uh, and then a guy who could put up the numbers yeah. that, that we saw the last couple of years um, with Owen Carney, I'm going with Seth Coleman. Uh, I think he could be maybe the surprise guy we're talking about as a second team, all big 10 guy, because he puts up eight, nine, 10 sacks or like. 15, 16 tackles for all, so I'll go Seth Coleman. I think talent-wise, there's not many guys with as high of a ceiling as him.
6: Joey? Man, I thought my guy was going to be gone. I was going to guess, the person I'm going to take is Seth Coleman, and I, the counting stats scare me. I can't believe I still get a chance to take him. It's Quan Martin. Yep. That, I, I worry about getting the number of interceptions. I think he's going to have a lot of tackles. I don't – the slots are tough. When you're playing that nickel, it's tough because they can just not go your way. But for everything they've said about Sydney, if you've listened, not even really that close, they've said about Fawn Martin too. They're really, really, that's a heck of a duo that they're pumped about.
2: Yeah, he was next to my list, Joey. So I, I agree with the the way you drafted there. All right, Derek. You got two picks all in a row
5: here. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna load up on the interior of that linebacking core. And we're talking counting stats, we're talking tackles, second on the team in tackles last year, six tackles for Lost street
0: Barnes.
2: He's he was next. Board, so don't disagree with that one. I mean, he had great numbers last year, right? Towards the top yeah. of the team in almost everything.
5: He did. Uh, this last pick is tough. I'd love to take a flyer on Luke Ford.
2: I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go two rounds here. I feel like we can okay. we got four guys to talk about, so we can go with two.
5: All right. I'd love to take a flyer on Luke Ford, but I, I just I don't know if the buzz surrounds him in terms of what we expect. Like it's died down, obviously. Former four star.
2: I wanted to mention that here because I think a lot of Atlanta fans would have picked Luke Ford by now. I mean, he's on the Senior Bowl watch list. He's on some of these tight end watch lists. But Joey, you and I like talk to the staff. Like he's not one of the top guys they talk about right away, and you know they keep bringing up Tip and Michael Marques. And you know I know Luke dealt with something the last week. They didn't clarify, but it's just like, you know, sometimes they hype these guys. They're not hyping Luke as much as other people.
6: Can I devil's advocate? Yes. All this guy's gotten for five years is hype. hype. I agree. I think Maybe cool. Brett Bielema and his coaching staff are saying, dude, we're not just – just go play football. Yeah. Like, we know you're talented. Just go play football. We're, we're, we don't need to do anything to prop you up. You're a really good football player. Just let you be a college kid for a second.
2: And and the reason I love that for Luke, because he, he still is one of the best NFL prospects on this team. If he has a, a good year, he's probably going to be in the NFL training camp next year. So, Derek, who you got?
5: i don't love it joey talked me into it luke ford i'll just take Great the problem. upside of of the the talent that he's shown in the past it's been a while but let's, let's see it this year luke
2: well, you need at least like 30 something catches right so I'm, I'm really interested again how does this offense corner use the tight end but does he get enough targets for that but the upside is definitely there the upsides is as high as really anybody in the offense besides chase go joey
6: yeah um It feels like – I know you added another round. It feels like there's only a couple more players here.
2: Yeah, the last round I just kind of wanted as a flyer. Just like flyer upside, guys.
6: Oh, heck yeah. Okay. (laughs) So before we get there, I am buying the stock. How many offensive linemen do I have? Just the one? Perfect. I am buying the stock in Isaiah Adams. I like it. There's been a lot of talk about him, and I understand he's a junior college player. He's not played in the Big Ten yet. But the term special was thrown around. It feels like there was never really a competition with him. I felt like you just penciled him in the second he committed, and he was going to be either left tackle or left guard. That's left guard, constant on the line. I, I just think he's going to be – he's got – that left side has some potential, though, with him and Pearl in this offensive line.
2: All right. I, I feel like this could be a value pick um, because if Chase Brown gets hurt, Josh McCray is going to put yeah. up big numbers, yeah. boys. Uh, I'm going with Josh McCray. Cause I feel like probably not going to get a point here, but if, if there's an injury, Josh McCray could have a, a massive, massive year.
6: And here he I goes. Was
5: to get him. I was <laughs> hoping to get him to be that, that fancy
6: football running back handcuff. I wanted yes. to be able to get that the last pick. Dang. I know. Yep. Yeah, then Jeremy's going to jump in front of me. I knew I should have done this when I had the chance. I'm not, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Wow. I,
2: because listen, I like tip Ryman. I don't think he's going to put the numbers. Um, yeah. I considered considered Caleb Griffin.
6: Yeah, yeah.
2: Just because specialists, i went always pretty good at, and I think Caleb's good. But I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely roll the dice at yes. probably the worst position in the Big Ten. Oh boy, I'm going Tommy DeVito, boys. Oh boy. buy the
6: stock. Buy oh, the stock. I'm going oh, they, Tommy. They haven't even announced him as the starter. <laughs> the swagger, man. The swagger got me. He's just exactly
2: what I want my quarterback to be. Um, I have not seen him on the field other than the tape, but I mean this position stinks in the Big Ten outside of CJ Stroud, right? If we're talking about Aiden O'Connell, like good player, right? That's like the second guy. You know, Tua is is fine. He's probably going to put up some numbers, but what's it take if he throw if if Tommy throws for? 2,800 yards and 25 oh, touchdowns, and we don't know to a seven-win season. He's got to be in that discussion, right?
6: Jeremy, so help me God, if you're filling out this big 10 ballot and you say, you know, I'm gonna vote Tommy DeVito, just to get your one freaking point in this. I, draft, I am gonna scream. <laughs>
2: I mean, there's probably a good chance, guys, we don't even come back and grade this, but
6: I, I, I will know, not I will not talk about I sure will.
2: I will not vote to uh to sway these results. If Tommy DeVito has a Brandon Peters year, I'm not going to vote him all Big Ten.
6: What if he has Brandon Peters' 2019 year?
2: No, that's not an all Big Ten year. No. This is just pure upside late in the draft.
6: What are, you, what are you trying to win? Are you trying to win respect among your colleagues? Are you trying to win this draft? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> uh, man, if we're taking flyers, I'm have a. I'm with you. Like I want to take Tip Ryman because the buzz has been really real about him. It's hard to do that.
2: Is he going to get forty catches? I mean, you got to get like I said, thirty before. That's like the low mark. This is a good tight end league. Like I just don't yeah. know if you're going to get the volume.
6: And I sure don't feel compelled to take another wide receiver. So, man, this—I'm going to buy the hype, Calvin Avery. Yes. Yes, Calvin Avery. Is there hype? Yeah, is there. There, oh, is, there is there I there's, do get worried. I do get I think, worried because Michigan, like Michigan and Ohio State are gonna have some big, insanely good defensive linemen. And that's gonna be hard. And Michigan State's probably gonna be like the 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 power power programs get their pick of defensive linemen because there's not a lot of them. So like that's what concerns me. But we've seen flashes of Calvin Avery. If he can play like a 3.25 star, that's really good.
2: Derek, you asked is their hype. I think there's tepid hype if that makes it cautious hype, and that they're like, all right, he's looking good, but we're still pushing him, still pushing him. So, I mean, we've seen flashes on the field. Now it's about just doing it consistently. That's, that's always been his issue. And part of that is just being able to stay on the field and give that effort play after play for an entire drive. Um, So I don't like, he was, he was next on my list, Joey. So Calvin Avery, don't mind. Derek, last pick.
5: I was thinking Calvin Avery, if he did make it to me, uh, I agree with Joey. Don't take another wide receiver. Pat Bryant would be one. Maybe you could think of upside wide. I just don't know if the, the offense. Well, if Tommy DeVito could potentially make it, then maybe another wide receiver would be in consideration as well. How about if I, went in doubt, go Brett Bielma, offensive line, Alex Pilstrom, center. We've seen Doug Kramer be an All Big Ten type of guy at center. Let, let's see if let's see if we can catch some catch some offensive line vibes there.
2: Guys, I think this draft went exactly how I thought it would go.
5: <laughs>
2: I don't think there are a lot of surprises here. I mean, I think the top tiers is, is Joey. I think you mentioned Chase, Sidney, Devin Witherspoon, Palchewski, Williams. Those are your best players. Randolph. And you kind of had this ceiling guys uh, mm-hmm. who maybe have a little bit more to prove. And Randolph, CJ Hart, Julian Pearl, Johnny Newton, Seth Coleman. Uh, and then kind of solid veterans, Quan Martin, Tariq Barnes, Luke Ford. Then newcomer, Isaiah Adams, Tommy DeVito, and Josh McCray just is really good. I mean, Josh McCray would probably have as one of the top 10 players on this team, right? Or top 15 players, even though he's a backup or rotational running back. So I don't think there are any shocks here. Were there for you, Joey? Besides Look,
6: really. I'm not going to say it, Jeremy. You run this thing. Uh, I don't know. i think just for the fences. Why not? You The, the one who... There's no shocks on this list at all. Is there anyone that's left off that you think are is at the Kirby Joseph? I I, and man, I mean, good lord, man. At some point, we're just gonna end up with five offensive linemen. Zy Chrysler is so intriguing to me, he is so freaking intriguing. I have no idea if he's gonna be ready, but like, I almost took him as a flyer. I figured three offensive linemen was probably too many. We did drafted. not take Isaac
2: Darkangelo, who they keep saying is a starting linebacker.
6: We did not. Uh, Tip Ryman. I'm a little surprised you didn't go with that that pick, but I'm with you. The, I just don't think like the numbers are going to be there. For should
2: him. we have should we have gone with a free safety? Whether it was Kendall Smith and we believe him in the sixth year has this huge year, um, or just taking a flyer on Keontae Curry, just because of what we saw from that position, Ron Walter's defense last year, like that's the one, like. Because none of us saw Kirby Joseph coming. The staff didn't see Kirby Joseph coming. Otherwise, they would have started him right away. So, I, I don't think we're missing that guy. But that's that's the fun of a season, right? Is yeah, can Brian Hightower turn into the four star? Can Can Pat Bryant be this guy who takes the next step?
6: I, I don't know. Does Alec Bryant or Gabe Atkins yeah. or Ezekiel Holmes step up? I don't know. Like those are like fun. That would have been the seventh round, right? Right. I mean, there's only a finite number of guys. This is this is exactly how I thought. I don't think any of us reached either.
2: No, no. I think that sixth round just added a little intrigue because I wanted to take Tavito.
6: <laughs> Piper, you said we were going to crush you, man. I don't think we did.
2: Oh, no. I love those linebacker picks, man. So Piper has Chase Brown, Keith Randolph, C.J. Hart, Tariq Barnes, Luke Ford, Alex Postrom. I love those linebacker picks because if the defensive line is really good, which I think johnny and keith are going to be really good and if if they stay healthy up front i think these linebackers are going to make some
6: plays joey i do too i right? calvin hard is tough because what percentage of that those first three quarters like if he's 100 percent of that obviously right but like even if he's 70 percent of those first three quarters last year he's a really freaking good linebacker
2: you know what i forgot Dele harding was a first team all big 10 guy
6: <laughs> and uh That's when he didn't he? Wasn't he like second in the country in tackles per game?
2: Calvin's a better athlete. No offense to Dele, who's an awesome player, but it's Calvin's a better athlete. Uh, and they say he's healthy, so I like that, Derek. I thought that could be a really high upside. Three parts
5: would have even better if Joey would have just stayed away from Isaiah, he would (laughs) have talked himself into no wide receiver.
6: I don't even know who I was going to take in his place. I just overthought it. Like, I'm looking at this, it probably would have been Keith, I suppose. Yeah. We could have, we almost flipped that Piper.
5: I also love the idea of taking McCray. I thought that that was a smart move and uh, Jeremy just outsmarted me a little bit faster.
6: It's, it's just the
2: running back. Like So it's the worry you would have about taking chase Brown one, right? It's like one injury and all of a sudden, I mean, for all of these guys, but he just takes a pounding. I mean, Josh McCray could be the second running back and still run for 700, 800 yards. Right. Like that's, what's interesting. All right, guys, that was fun. Sweet drafting.
6: Somebody on the board, keep a tab of this and remind us at the end of the season since we'll forget. I will either saints.
2: I will PDF this and I will send it to both of you just so we have it in our inboxes. Thank you guys. Thanks.
5: See That's fun.
2: Thank you to Joey Wagner and Derek Piper for joining us. Had a little fun with that. Well, final thoughts as we lead into kickoff of Illinois against Wyoming in the 2022 Illinois football season. I gave out my season predictions. Uh, earlier this week and for any that read it they want to know would I have Illinois in a bowl game and I do I do I think this team has kind of a range here I think at worst if everything goes wrong it could be a three or four win team Um, that's that's if injuries just ravage them so I, I don't think that's the case the over under in Vegas remains four and a half I would go the over with that uh last year at this time I took the over with that as well it didn't feel great when they were two and five um but obviously they bounced back um five and seven six and six was kind of what I was debating I think if everything goes right in injuries they have a pretty good injury season uh, I think they could get seven because I think the Big Ten West has just a lot of toss-ups. I think having Indiana as a crossover uh, is beneficial. And and while Michigan State on paper looks very, very difficult, I just think that teams do a little regression. They're more talented than Illinois. They'll probably be 10-point favorites in Illinois. But that one I look at, um, like Iowa, and that I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Illinois to win. I'd put like an 80% chance of the opponent winning. But you have them at home. I think there's a chance for an upset. And hey, Lovey Smith is 2-0 against Michigan State, so we'll see if Brett Buma can continue that streak against the Spartans. I look at the Wisconsin and Michigan games. It's very, very difficult for Illinois. I I just think those two programs are, you know, they're not in the tier of Ohio State, but they're right after that. They're They're the second tier of college football, in my opinion. I just think Illinois needs more time to get to that. The guy won Michigan State are going to be very, very difficult. But I do think this team has enough to make a bowl game. You know, you see the... Couple years into PJ Fleck, Minnesota makes bowl games. Purdue first two years of of Jeff Brom make bowl games. I I think this Illinois team is as talented as those teams that that made bowl games. And while Minnesota has had more success in Illinois, has probably had more depth at this point than Illinois. You know, other teams in the Big Ten, Purdue have certainly been better. Have had more time to build those programs. I don't feel like that's another tier of team. Like I I look at the rosters, the recruiting. um, It doesn't scare me. Like I I feel like Illinois should be able to beat those teams with the talent that it has. And the most important thing is, I think this is a really good coaching staff. I really do. I, I said it last year when Brett Bielema finalized his staff. And I feel even more confident about it now that if Iowa had this staff, I think they'd feel great. If Michigan State had this staff, I think they'd feel great. I think Kevin Kane is a guy that is making the money of an FBS defensive coordinator, but he's a guy that could be a defensive coordinator at a Power 5 school. George McDonald has been an offensive coordinator at a Power 5 school. You know, Barry Lunney is a guy who'd been very attractive to a lot of Power 5 programs. Obviously, Ryan Walters is the first you know, million-dollar coordinator has proven himself. So And then guys like Aaron Henry, I think really highly of. I think Bart Miller's been really solid for Illinois. So I, I just think this is a really, really good coaching staff. And I think they'll get the most out of the players that they have. My biggest question is depth. And it's it's recruiting uh, that's got to fix that. Illinois feels like it's addressed some of those needs via the transfer portal. I know people aren't, weren't excited about a lot of the transfer portal additions, but they feel a heck of a lot better with Rasan Wilkins, with t Ra Edwards, with Terrell Jennings uh, on the defensive side. I think Jonah Morris and Cody Case, I don't know how big of an impact they'll have, but if Isaiah Williams were to get hurt, uh, I think having a Cody Case could be very beneficial. If one of the top wide receivers gets hurt, having a guy like Jonah Morris could be very beneficial. And of course, the Juco additions were huge this offseason. I think, you know, Bielma kind of looks at that as, as transfer portal additions and Isaiah Adams and Zy Chrysler are very, very important. So, I think the expectation should be bull. If not, my my famous saying that Austin Burkle loves, what are we doing here? Right? Brett Buma said we didn't come here to win five games. Now I don't know if Brett Biuma is just saying some of these things to excite the fan base, buy tickets, get into the stadium. But the fact that he came out earlier this week and said, you know, I've had Big Ten championship teams. I have never been this excited as a head coach. Maybe it's because of where he is now in his life. Maybe it's because this is his thing and he feels like this could be maybe a career-defining rebuild for him and that he sees good things in the offseason. Maybe that's it. Or maybe maybe he's trying to just excite people. Or maybe he thinks this team's going to be really good. And and that's probably relatively so. But maybe he thinks this team could be the surprise of the Big Ten West. Kind of like Minnesota has been in previous years. Or Purdue was a little bit last year. Maybe he sees that you know his team isn't that far, uh, and, and really wasn't that many plays away last year from being a surprise team in the Big Ten West, and that you know they could be um, a surprise to a lot of people. So that'll be interesting. But you got to take care of business against Wyoming, right? I think this non-conference is so important for Illinois to not only get wins to get to that bowl game, to build momentum in recruiting, to build momentum within that building, to believe. That they can compete uh, in the Big Ten, but I, I think it's just so important to get fans on board. If you drop one of these first games, I think a lot of fans are going to up. Oh, Here is Illinois again. It's 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 another Illinois season. Even though last year we saw they start two and five and they end up five and seven and had a chance to be seven and five with a couple first downs. I, I think it's so important to to start three and one or four and zero because there is a fan base that will show up to Illinois football games when they win. Saw that in 2007, and then they just saw year after year gradual decline, gradual decline. I think people want to believe, uh, and one more win, I think certainly would have helped buy more excitement. I I think they want want to see it before they believe it, and I think it's important to take care of business against a team like Wyoming. Illinois prides itself on being tough, smart, and dependable. To beat a a good Group of Five program, and, and Wyoming wasn't great in the Mountain West last year. I think they went two and six, but to To beat a a program that is stable, that has proved itself to be a developer of NFL talent, uh, as a team that's been a good running team, kind of everything Brett Bielema wants to be at Illinois, only more talented. You know, Craig Bull runs kind of an old-school program, kind of built in the mindset of a Wisconsin-Iowa-Kansas State kind of thing. Illinois has to be better than them at those things, right? They need to do what Brett Bielema teams do well on Saturday to avoid upset and to just be able to take care of business and impose their will against a group of five opponent. We haven't seen that too often for Illinois here recently. Some, some Mac opponents like Akron and things like that, but you'd love to see them impose their will physically. Run the ball. Dominate the trenches. Control the ball. Don't turn it over. And don't make costly penalties. That's what these games are about. So I know we're excited about what's Barry Loney going to unveil here? What's Tommy DeVito going to look like? I think the ideal situation would be that Chase Brown and Josh McCray combine for 200-plus rushing yards. You control 40 minutes of the clock, and you don't have to unveil too much of what Barry Loney Jr. wants to do. So that Indiana is a little surprised. or, or is a, Man, they didn't show a lot. They only passed the ball 18 times with Tommy DeVito in the game. Then Art Sikowski came in towards the end because Illinois had a four-touchdown lead or something like that. That's, what, that's the ideal situation. You just want to win the game. That's the most important thing. And, and Wyoming uh, and Craig Bold do things well. They have some good players, but they're so young. They're so young. Illinois is, is a team that lost some starters, but they have a lot of experience left. They have a lot of all Big Ten players coming back right so even though you lost Owen Carney Isaiah Gay Tony Adams really good players for Illinois that had a huge impact last year I'll even throw James McCourt right Vidarian Lowe Doug Kramer Blake Hayes right like there's a lot of talent a lot of guys who produce for Illinois they're gone but Chase Brown's back Josh McCray's back Alex Palcheski's back Julian Pearl's back Luke Ford Tip Ryman Right. And then a defense, Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, two guys you think you can play in the pros, CJ Hart and Tariq Barnes, two guys with a lot of experience, Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown. Right. Uh, you just have a lot of good players that are returning. I'll throw Quan Martin in there. Like Wyoming doesn't come close to returning that kind of talent. So those guys need to carry you in this game as, as these other guys get their jitters out, as these other guys kind of get accustomed to their bigger roles. And that's what you need to be able to rely on those guys. If Illinois is going to be a tough, smart, dependable team, this is the kind of game you win by 20 points. And you you never really sweat. It's important that you start well. I do. I I think that's important for Illinois as a team, as a program, given where they've been, the games they've lost. You know, with a lot of these fifth year, sixth year seniors, the games they've lost, you don't want those doubts creeping back in. You don't want those doubts creeping back in in Memorial Stadium. Uh, as well so i I think it's important to play clean in this game which is tough in a first game but to be honest with you if illinois doesn't cover that 11 point spread i'd be pretty disappointed at the end of the day you want to win doesn't matter you just get the win you move on but this is the type of game you want to show your fan base and show the rest of the big 10 that hey this is a different illinois So we'll see if we see that on Saturday. Joy Wagner and I will be uh, at the stadium, of course, and we'll have the post-game podcast and check out all of our content leading up to kickoff. I got a story today. Now, Ryan Walters, Joy Wagner, will have a story on Barry Loney Jr., which is kind of the the story of the season, is is Barry Loney Jr.'s impact on the offense. And we'll see some of that uh, and Saturday. Again, you hope it's not too much. Uh, we'll have our preview and picks, our predictions coming up as well for our scores for the game. And Joey Wagner and I will be on the road covering some recruiting as well. It's a big recruiting weekend for Illinois. As they get one of their top 2023 20, targets and several uh, underclassmen targets on campus this weekend. Is there one of the only teams that can host recruits because it's a dead period, but because you have a game. You can actually get a waiver from the NCAA. So they're taking advantage of that, getting some top in-state prospects on campus. You can read all that at Illini Inquirer. And of course, Joey Wagner and I will have our post-game podcast. And Sunday will be a big day for Illinois basketball. So Derek Piper and I will react to any news on Amani Hansberry on Sunday afternoon as well. So keep it tuned here at Illini Inquirer. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Take care of each other. Have fun at the game. And we will talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.